catapulted like the, the donkey avatar. I, <laughs> I hated that. Yeah, the, the full tilt uh, poker uh, story is that you couldn't choose a picture. You couldn't upload a picture like you could on Poker Stars, but you, you could still choose editors. And I had the, the clown one because uh, Grant, uh, one of the biggest winners ever on the side, who's going to be one of our uh, guests in the upcoming episodes, he had it. And um, what you could do with the editor is you could choose whether it's like just, just looking seriously or smiling or angry. Or I think there was one more. I don't know. Maybe there was one more. And I actually had it. So when, and I remember one night I was playing and I won a pot. And then I would turn on the smile, smile shape. And one guy would just go insane in the chat. He would just keep telling me I should stop laughing. <laughs> and I, what I would do is I would switch. Like constantly between serious laughing, serious laughing, <laughs> looking so, and he was really angry in the chat, and I figured that's pretty good for me. Yeah, so uh, some fun, uh, fun story I remember. How did you start with poker? By the way, yeah, um, we we just talked about it, and we figured that it's been quite a while ago. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's like I think it's twenty years already. Yeah, must be close to that. So many of us um, who played online, I think, started playing poker when Chris Moneymaker won the WSOP. And um, it was like the first guy, I think, first amateur who won it. So people uh, heard of it and uh, figured, well, let's try it out as well. Uh, obviously, the internet and uh, all that stuff made it possible as well. And for me, yeah, the I got into poker through Command Conquer, which I played. And Command Conquer, you could play in in teams. And one guy who I played with was playing poker, and he told me what he's doing. I didn't even know what poker was actually. I actually thought exactly what so, so many people are thinking nowadays is that. So if I bet 1 million and my opponent just has like half a million, I win the pot because he can't call, so he has to fold. Um, th th that was my thinking basically back then. Obviously, uh, you, you uh, can only bet as, as much as your opponent has. I mean, you can bet more, but it doesn't matter. Um, so I got into poker and I didn't really know how to play like honestly i i started with uh some basic strategy uh when i was back then at school so what about you um, my story is totally different i started around 2005 and not i, I didn't know at all about money maker and the world series uh, it was actually some friends like we, we would play cards together but like uh, local german games uh, and and then one day he said, hey, do you know poker? Let's try it out. I heard about it. And then I played, I believe, for one year, like with my friends, just casually on parties or when we met up. Uh, and only later I uh, I discovered uh, online poker uh, and uh, and poker strategy. So this, that was around 2000, 
five or six when when I when I really started getting into online poker. So around that, so you started earlier than me. Yeah, I also remember. Of course, I was playing with my friends as well. We were playing for um, for money, but I think we we start, we, we played every. I think five five euros everyone. So we were five six. So whoever wins gets. 30 or something. I was, yeah, we actually didn't have poker chips back then. We were playing with, 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 the, um, with coins. <laughs> I had to go to the bank and, you know, uh, get, I mean, use the, the, the coins, uh, back then. And while we were playing with some beer, we, I was also playing some free rolls. I remember on the side, on the computer, it was, I think it was Euro poker. Or Euro poker, they were part of the iPoker network later on. And it was a very fun time because you had so many free rolls where you didn't have to deposit any money. There were actually even sites like I remember Doyle Poker was around where you would just get money. You would just get money to play. I'm not sure which sites also offered it. So no deposit um, cash. I think Doyle, po I, I used most of them, I would say. Um, and uh, yeah, you had, you had so much, so many players and the biggest games were probably, I remember it was 1020 that I've seen ever higher games for sure. And it was really crazy seeing people playing for pot of like 5k 6k 7k you would you would just start thinking oh that's a used car so there goes a used car there goes a used car yeah uh really uh really uh, interesting so um how did you move on how did you move on from like you, you got into poker and what came next um what came next like i, I read a lot of articles online uh, and started playing cash game first, no holding cash game, but then soon uh, switched to tournaments. I believe the first one or two years, I only played tournaments. I was working full-time. Uh, and then in the evening, I would like load up my PC and, and start grinding until the morning, mm -hmm. uh, like low-stakes tournaments. And uh, I, I even like cashed some, some bigger sums without like a lot of knowledge, more luck uh, than skill. But uh, yeah, that, that, that was great. And I, I still remember from my first big winnings, I believe it was eight or 900 euros for a five euro tournament or something. I bought a new desk uh, and two screens, two new screens. Uh, and one week later I was playing a tournament and, and got a back, bad beat on the bubble and I hit my, my table so hard that the, that I, I split the table with my two new monitors and then I was sitting there and everything came down on me and I was like, no, what, what do I do? I couldn't move and all, all the monitors were on me and linked with cables. So it, it was really hard. So yeah, uh, that's how not to tilt uh, in a poker session. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's stop with the bad beat. Uh, talk maybe we come back to this for sure we will but let's talk about how did you discover poker strategy and how did you end up there yeah so 
poker strategy was growing really fast and was um, the biggest poker school back then. Um, so you had schools like card runners, uses cracked. Um, I think you had Lego poker as well. Yeah. I think you had like three, four, and poker strategy was a worse one. Maybe there were some smaller ones, but basically it was uh, uh, card runners, Lego, Deuces Cracked, and a poker strategy. And I actually um, took coaching um, back then from some players. Uh, and we're going to discuss who, which players and so on in future episodes for sure. We're going to um, also have the guests in our podcast. And I was working for um, Deuces Cracked as a coach and got the opportunity to work for Puka Strategy as well. Um, and I uh, was really happy to join it, uh, especially because Puka Strategy had a German community. Um, so there were videos made back then um, uh, playing No Limit Hold'em in German. And I think Puka Strategy did a really good job with uh, delivering content to, I mean, to, to every customer, basically. And Puka Strategy, I think the history behind Puka Strategy is also that uh, I would say in a, in a first couple of years, uh, people were uh, uh, were playing on there more for fun, I would say. And then you had uh, four like two plus two where all the best players would share strategy as well. And, and then you had uh, card runners decide which would sign up a really good players as well for for the uh, for their videos, um, and then Puga strategy, but actually really improved over the time. It got so big and had so many so many really 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 good players. Um, yeah, so this is the way I took and uh, discovered Puga strategy. Also, Puga strategy. If I but but you could uh, tell us more about it that they had uh, obviously great uh, parties and uh, yeah and uh, also that uh, black member uh, thing that I never got yeah I didn't I didn't make it any uh, because I didn't sign up on Puka Stars through Puka Strategy I was yeah I didn't even know about it I just created an account and missed so much value I would yeah, say. yeah that's a pity yeah, that's a yeah. pity. so how about you how did you get out actually did you did you just find Puka strategy or did someone tell you to go there I, I believe I, I just found it online I, I I looked for because I I took like from what you said you took poker very seriously very early you were sort of competitive gamer and then you, you moved on to another game, but already like very competitive. And my story is completely different because I was just playing casually. I didn't even think about it. I just wanted to like, I had fun a lot, like, and, and then I could win some money, but I never thought of it like in really hardcore gaming aspect or strategy or stuff. I, I wanted to learn more to have more fun. Um, and the, 
the, the story how I came to poker strategy is actually really funny. Uh, and I have to do like some detours before coming to this. Uh, of course, like you know, I have a PhD in philosophy and that's when I actually started playing poker was when I was writing my PhD thesis. Uh, and I was playing with friends and then um, after finishing I, I looked for a job and, and got a really nice job in a small wine business. And I was working as as wine expert um, basically because I, I could speak Italian and they, they were looking for someone who told them he knows about wines, which I did a little, but they really wanted someone who, who, who can talk Italian. So I worked for this company. Uh, and I was really into wine, getting into all of this. I was the assistant of the SEO and uh, I did everything in the company. I, I, I did the web page. I even like unloaded trucks. Uh, I was helping like selling wines and, and, and the shop and so on. So I did everything. Uh, I created a, a manual. And then after two years, I told my boss, hey, I, I want to I want to learn something more. I want to learn something more about how to run a business and do a sort of like business degree. Uh, or I want to go the wine route and become a, a sommelier or do some like formal education in that area. Because he offered me to, to well, pay something for, for this. And then I told him like, these are the options I see, like what, what do you recommend? And he was like, ah, let me think uh, until tomorrow. And then tomorrow became one week. And then after one month, I was like, uh, did you already decide on, on what to do? Uh, and then uh, I will never forget. And then he said, yeah, yeah, like uh, I, I decided now, like uh, I believe it would best you, you make a, a truck license. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so he wanted me to, to drive the truck even. Uh, and then uh, I quit immediately. And... Uh, and then I found uh, a job offer at Poker Strategy for a German content writer, and I applied. And then I got invited to the first interview in Hamburg. It was really amazing because uh, they, they paid everything. They paid the flight, the, the hotel. Uh, and then second interview, again in Hamburg. And the, again, they paid everything. Uh, and then the third interview in Gibraltar, where uh, Poker Strategy was moving, uh, at that time, that was end of 2008. Uh, and then in February 2009, I, I started there as a content writer. So uh, that's my story, how I came to, to poker strategy. Not as a poker, competitive poker player, but as someone who could write stuff. Like that was uh, my my tag, uh, so to say. For the yeah, interesting, interesting story. And for sure, a good idea to pay for um, people you want to hire because you want good people. You want really good employees. And uh, that's why it was a really good investment, I think, when they paid for the flight and uh, just to get good people on board. And what I actually remember now is that, um, so before I got to Poker Strategy as a, as a coach, I... Um, was on TV and a two months to million um, TV show. Uh, and I got to this TV show through my coaching that I booked with Jason Rosencrantz. Uh, and he will be one of our guests in, in the future episodes. 
And they were running some some show that's called Two Months Two Million, where they were figuring they want to make two million in two months. That was was Jason Rosenkrantz uh, and three other players. And uh, then I then I uh, was coaching producers cracked making videos and poker strategy. Um, a guy there who was looking for a new content maker. Uh, got in touch with me and asked if I wanted to make videos as well. And that's how I got there uh, too. And um, yeah, so it's really like interesting the way people started to play poker. I remember, like you said, that you were um, writing and uh, already working full time. And many people in my experience got to poker, I, I wouldn't say by luck, but it, it somehow happened and then people started to figure out what they can do if they can make money if they want to play for fun and um i was i remember i i don't, I don't know how i figured out that I, the first book i read was the super system um that's doyle. a book by doyle yeah i don't even know how i found it i was just looking yeah i was just i don't know was google around back then I was I, but I was yeah, just googling yeah yeah I was googling uh and found super system and uh yeah and then I I still remember that Doll said yeah if you flop a set and the board is dry so we we actually don't want what I include uh, that much strategy in the podcast but uh that has to be done uh, at least here. So you, you can slow play a hand, you can fast play a hand, some basic strategies. And this is how I, I, I also uh, try to improve. But like you said, it was so much, it, it wasn't really knowledge that the way we would, we would talk about it now. It was more like, okay, I, I, have, I have top pair, so it should be good enough. <laughs> basically and if, and if it's not good enough then i'm just getting unlucky um that's the way most people i would also say just play because it's 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 a really complex game and you need to think in um way way more defined in ranges and stuff like that and it gets really really complicated uh but we don't want to get into it that much we want to keep it fun <laughs> right yeah, here. yes yes so if 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 you talk about poker from from today's view, it's really funny because back then, like I was playing already five or six years and never thought really about ranges or, or like what could the other one hold. Like you look at your hands and say, like I have a set, like and, yeah. and then oh, should I, should I slow play or not? Uh, but there was not that much more strategy in, into it, at least at how I played in, in the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah. There, are, I have to tell those uh, couple stories that they are uh, when I used to play. I remember I was party poker and was no limit hold'em. I guess four tables. I just had one screen, but then yeah, I, I got two screens at some point. But yeah, it was one screen and you had so many tables across the screen, and you would get dealt aces. And I still remember, like, I had aces on one table and ace-king and kings on the other table, and my internet connection would drop. <laughs> it doesn't go crazy, because the internet was, was kind of slow back then, and especially in Germany, it's still slow. Uh, but it's, we are trying to improve. Yeah, I, I uh, played with but, a modem. 
Oh, yeah, he had the modem. Over the phone line. Six K yeah. modem. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. But but uh, basically, the game was just so good. Uh, people just <laughs> wouldn't believe it nowadays. Like if you had aces, you would just raise, and people would call. Everybody would come along because they would go like, "Well, let let me see a flop. Let me see." And you would get to the flop four way, five way. So four or five players would see the flop and continue playing. And there are stories where if you had aces, you would stack everybody at the table. It was crazy. Like in today games, you, you get aces, you raise, everybody folds. Probably you, you just, you're... You collected blinds, <laughs> but back then people weren't folding. Everybody would continue playing. I mean, yeah, probably like do seven would would be a fold, but ten dues would not be a fold because Doyle won two bracelets with ten dues. Uh, maybe it was suited. I don't know. So so yeah, you had a, the game was completely different. And I remember a friend of mine. He was so he had aces and. Uh, some guy raised and he re-raised preflop. And then one another guy calls, and then one more guy calls, and then one guy raises. And so, so it was getting getting complicated. What, what are we gonna do with aces? And he was thinking, thinking, and then he timed out. And he would want like I think he would want to all the money because then everybody came along called and uh yeah so there are stories like that uh, games were completely different uh, people were playing by feel or by just um like let me see if i get lucky basically that approach uh, which doesn't work nowadays uh, anymore I, I remember very well when i got like my hands uh, a starting hand shot for the very first time oh, and then, oh, yeah, yeah. then you used it and it felt like it, it already felt like cheating because it, it was yeah. it was so powerful it was like a superpower and it was so so basic concept basically but before yeah. i really didn't think that much about that it was like oh you, you you go with the flow even in a tournament like icm like no no clue about that you say okay now i'm I'm in a good position. I feel good. I just won a hand. Like, let's race again. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, good old times. Good old times. And I guess back then you could differentiate between cash game players and tournament players. And there was definitely a big, big uh, gap in skill. Um, big cash game both players. Ways. Both ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that the cash game players were way, way better, way better. And that, that's, uh, I mean, um, it's not surprising because you get to play way more hands in cash games. You can start playing anytime. You can stay play 10 tables and you are, the game is different. Like you can reload, you can lose a stack and in tournaments you have, there is a different strategy. Um, I, I paid a lot of money by <laughs> playing tournaments and I never won anyone, uh, any of them. And um, I, I like cash more. Like you said, you were playing tournaments because cash, you could, you could just sit and play and you could quit. I remember when I was, uh, I think I was at school 
or college. I, I don't remember, but I was playing in the morning, like 20 minutes <laughs> when I got lucky and won some money. I remember at school, I had a friend of mine who was playing as well. And we would discuss a couple of hands we played before school, before we got, and, and remember that nobody, there was no iPhone and I actually got lucky. I, I mean, nowadays I would just sit at school. Probably I would have played on at school. Uh, if if we had the opportunity to play mobile, there was no no such thing back then. No iPad, no iPhone. Yeah, the really really uh, interesting stuff. Let's talk about your time at at poker strategy as a coach. Like you came from this is correct, a, a very well renowned coach, uh, and what what sort of content did you produce? Yeah, I was mainly playing No Limit Hold'em, Six Max and Heads Up um, back then and, and slowly moving to Pop Limit Omaha. And I was mainly creating content, playing four tables, Six Max and, or two tables Heads Up. Um, it was a really, really uh, fun time, and I enjoyed it a lot, making that content. Um, the community was really, really active on Poker Strategy. I mean, you need to remember that uh, how many members Poker Strategy had, and it was um, that's why it's the biggest poker school ever, because they managed to... Um, to move to the all the markets across the world, especially Eastern uh, Eastern market, European market, and stuff like that. While other sites were, um, yeah, I mean they were they were more narrow for the American market, probably. Um, so yeah, I was mainly playing a cash, six max, and heads up. Um, and back then, you also had those deep, deep tables with 250 big blinds that you can buy in, which I liked uh, the most, playing deep, where you can make bigger moves. And um, that's what I did back then on uh, Puka Strategy. And also, the the way videos were made is quite different to what people are doing nowadays, because back then, you didn't have um, the solvers and all the software you have nowadays to analyze your strategy. Like you said, you had a, a chart of the starting starting hands, and then you knew like, all right, I flopped an open-ender, the open-ended straight draw, open-ended straight flush draw, your, your equity is something like that. That's what you knew back then. Um, and people were playing game more by feel because it also worked out. I mean, for sure, the solver would, it doesn't matter how you play, but back then you could play exploitab exploitably and make money. Uh, people were more emotional. The game was um, unsolved. People didn't really know all the strategies they know nowadays. Uh, and you were so excited when you discovered something. This is what I really enjoyed. Like you would, you would read the forums, you would talk with your friends about hands, and it, it was almost like I don't know, like reading a book. Like you read something, you, you discovered something 
get into your strategy. Like there was some guy called, uh, if you are playing heads up at your race and someone re-raises you and you call and they're yeah, to get too, too much. Yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. And someone, someone bets and you call very quickly. People would, would say, oh, he, he probably doesn't have much. But then someone said, you have to call super quickly because with a strong hand to make it look like you don't have anything. So, you know, it's a basic, something super basic that worked back then and was really fun. Yeah, the, the good old leveling game. Yeah, yeah, level one, level two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think people are moving back to that a little bit, a little bit. Like, um, there are still poker players who are thinking a lot outside the box and doing quite well, quite well. Um, so how did your journey go on with uh, poker strategy? Uh, well, uh, I started in uh, 2009 as a content writer for German and English. And then very soon, uh, the, the company was growing at an insane rate. I remember when I, when I arrived in Gibraltar, I was employee number 11, I believe. Uh, and, and then after one year, there were like more than 150 employees. So you can imagine, like when you were there at the beginning, uh, you almost naturally climbed up in ranks because there was so much need like for, for, for new guys. So I, I became team leader in education, uh, in the education department. And maybe that, that will be an interesting topic for the future episodes too, how, how poker strategy was organized uh, in, in departments and units because there was education department, community management, and then obviously all the other uh, language communities yeah, but coming back on that, like uh, I became team lead, uh, and and then later on head of education, and in this function I technically was your boss. <laughs> That's right. Do Do you still remember that? Like, what was your feeling when you said, "Hey, uh, I'm, I've got a new boss"? Oh, you don't remember yeah. it all. That's what I. No, I re I remember that. I remember that. So I was um, hired by a guy. I think they will get him into the podcast as well. And um, there were some some other guys at Poker Strategy. I still remember them having in my Skype account. And uh, I remember that you were the boss of those guys. So I figured you must be my boss as well. But the work was so much fun. Like you are saying that um, it was a startup basically. And it was a new business and everybody was kind of young and it wasn't uh, yeah I, I think it didn't feel like work it was just fun doing the videos and uh, also poker players they they are like you said poker strategy was pretty organized and poker players are not organized usually uh, at least back then they were not organized you would they would just wake up whenever they feel like and then they would say play and then they would stop and then play maybe for 20 hours 40 hours maybe maybe not play at all we 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 had so much freedom and uh, it felt like uh, I, I can't even describe it yeah uh, what is funny or what was one of the biggest challenges especially for the poker community to understand is that 
okay, I was head of education. And then like the, the expectation was he must be the, the best poker player of, of you know, of, of, of everyone, because there was this association in the community that poker strategy is only poker. Like it's not even a business. Like we are just like, you know, just poker. But there's no no facility manager or yeah, well, employees don't eat. Uh, it it was all it was all about poker and uh, yeah. So it, it it was crazy some sometimes if you have to explain like business concepts to <laughs> to to a community of of passionate poker players. Uh, for instance, like this one touches you as well. Like we had the the, the high high stakes producers, the high value producers content. And the prices were like, even like for, for poker school, it was like uh, going up extremely like prices for, for the content pieces were insanely high. Like in, 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 uh, in hindsight, like uh, that was absurd, but it was always, no, uh, one video, why not 5K for a video for, for, for Insider 19? And now, uh, yeah, we have to pay and be so good. We want, we want it. But on a business level, that's ob obviously not scalable. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it was always funny and challenging uh, trying to maintain sort of business uh, approach uh, to the poker school aspect of it. Yeah, I think that um, many like there are so many companies that were building around poker uh so you have you know like poker strategy also you have party poker which is was very big back then and they had not just poker they had also i, I think they had sports betting already at least they had casino and stuff like that so um if you are First of all, if you are working for poker strategy, like you have to deal with poker players. And I, as I said, most of them were just, uh, they were not many were really professional, but are, were doing it for fun, playing for fun, making a lot of money, um, being very young as well. So there are people, I mean, so many played probably with fake IDs back then. Uh, players, I was I was already uh, full age, so it wasn't me. But many were there are so many players who were 16, 17. Um, yeah, I wasn't clear on how to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> but uh, I mean, and um, yeah, they just started to play a little bit. Um, and if you have to deal with those people who are just students, you know, they're going to school as well, um, and. Um, yeah, it's 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 challenging, but I would say in we we gonna we gonna move on to what we are doing nowadays in uh, in real let, jobs. Let me, let me quickly flick in because you mentioned like the the, the this young mindset uh, approach. So basically, in in Gibraltar, there was a huge um, high stakes community of of very young poker players, uh, namely in the the fixed limit section yeah and uh well we went to parties together at the place and so on and and one day i had a like sort of discussion because i saw a lot of dirty clothes laying around like it, it was branded like nike adidas stuff like really expensive <laughs> stuff and and then i said hey uh do we want to wash it or why is it here no no i'm throwing it away and i was like why why would you throw it away because it, it 
it was dirty, but it was brand new. And then uh, like this guy explained to me, like he, he calculated the, the EV of washing it versus buying it. And he said, like, I can, I can buy it uh, in, in 10 minutes. Uh, and then I, I get shipped to me. But when I start washing it, then I have to, to hang it out to dry it. And then I have to, to put it back. And then like he, he calculated the V like precisely of, of the action and, and the return on investment. And he said, no, it's, it's cheaper. It's cheaper to just buy it new. Yeah, yeah. People, uh, I remember fixed limit. Um, there were so many. Um, I think Poker Strategy had actually the best players was focused around fixed limit quite a bit and um, most games were running on no limit hold'em i would say but um, i remember some some really good fixed limit players the best back then and yeah i remember one guy who was really thinking about if i'm gonna go to the restaurant uh, so what is the ev so expected value going to this restaurant compared to the other restaurant or traveling over there and that's a really interesting approach by the way because now it because companies are thinking like that in in bigger terms like if you want do you want to create your own company or do you work for, want to work for someone does that investment make sense should i do that or this and poker taught you um to think this way a little bit i would say so it's been quite a while since I uh, played poker last time, but I still realize that in daily life, in business, I'm able to to use the, the uh, maybe not the strategy, not the poker strategy, but the mindset poker created or poker made you think more rational and more, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, rational and uh, expected value-like uh, when you're making decisions. Do you still remember the, the strategy article like about the plus EV of smashing your mouse? Do you remember? <laughs> it, 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 that's actually yeah. fun. It was on, on one of the, the biggest strategy sites out there. And like the, the guy did the same. Like He calculated, okay, like let's say you play like 2-4... Uh, 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 of a game and you play four tables and then like you run bad you you, you are tilting already and I said okay like I have a gaming mouse and it costs hundred hundred dollars but when I smash it I can't play anymore uh, but like when I continue tilting it's it's the same story then I, I can lose like a lot more on on all the tables I'm playing so it's actually like when you start tilting, like just smash your mouse and uh, and leave it be. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember something similar. I didn't know there was an article about it, but for sure there was. Uh, I remember that so there is a story of Patrick Antonius, who is probably biggest winner of all time, who said, so like those Logitech mouse, he, he once said, they're like so good. I, I smashed them. They still keep on working. <laughs> Usually they go broke. But but this one brand, he said, it's really good. They keep on working because he smashed them quite a bit. And there is a story of, I think it was him. Uh, he was playing against 
I think it was Hazufly, um, one of the, he was the best fixed limit player back then. And they were playing, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000 blinds. And Antonius would disappear after a bad beat, he would disconnect and then come back like three days later. And the story is that he just, he just smashed his MacBook or something like that and had to reorder a new one. And he said like, well, MacBook, it's like two, three K, but that's not even a small blind. So it's pretty good investment. <laughs> yeah. I would have saved a lot of money probably by maybe doing it a little bit, but actually we can, we can talk a little bit about the. A, a tilt that describes uh, anger in poker, probably, right? And um, I never really tilted. Uh, I, I did, I did it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I didn't really tilt in a, I mean, in the, in the first some years, I would say, but then I remember when I was when I was uh, a student at the university, I had a neighbor who was also playing a little bit, and he would say he would hear it all the time when I'm angry because I my set didn't hold hold up. But I started to tilt the older I got, I would say. So uh, uh, no, no, and, that, and... that's the contrary. Uh, that's the okay. Contrary. But funny story, maybe one of our future guests can tell you about it. I, I really had the bad habit. I, I got up very early, but didn't go to the office. So I usually like grindy, grinded one or two hours before I went there. Uh, and then when I arrived, my, my team could already tell if they would have a good day or a bad day at the office because <laughs> uh, sometimes I, I arrived really tilted and... Uh, Sometimes really happy, and then oh, I shared my story, obviously, but uh, they could tell already. <laughs> they had an experience in there, and and, and reading me when I came uh, and stepped in the office. Yeah, I I know who who uh, who you're talking about. He told me that. He told me, yeah, but Herbert Herbert is, is mad. You know what happened, Doctor? Don't talk to him. He's not in mood for any jokes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have it. That much I felt it was really fun, but um, yeah, I think uh, it also depends on if you're doing it full time, if you're playing just on the side, if you are, um, how tough the game is, how long you're playing. Um, back then, people just played, you know, nowadays, or actually, I mean, not even nowadays, but like even like eight years ago, people started to be super professional about it. They would wake up early, go to bed early. So there were times there, they would schedule the way they're playing, depending on, let's say you've got a Champions League game going on. People would play afterwards for sure, because all the guys from from England would, would be <laughs> drunk sitting at the tables. Um, and then people would also take breaks. They would for sure, if they lose a big pot or two pots in a row, they would re request a break in a heads-up match and sit for five, six minutes, relax. That That's a really good strategy because for sure the one, the guy who's winning, who just won a big pot, he's feeling good. He wants to play on. 
And if you lost the big pot, you, you for sure are a little bit uh, annoyed and you will not play your A game. And um, actually, people uh, are doing it in sports just the same way. You're you want to take a break. You want to be uh, fully focused. You want to have your sleep. Um, so, but it's like every business, like right? And, and new businesses where people are, especially whoever is taking part in the businesses, if they are um, beginners, they just do it by feel. And the professionals, they will for sure take a professional approach and do better at it. So what are we looking ahead to uh, in our podcast uh, journey? So obviously in the future episodes, uh, what we want to do is we want uh, to revive the old times, not only by, by us talking uh, about it, that would be boring, uh, sooner or later, uh, but we want to invite like ex-colleagues, uh, guys from the from the poker business, poker industry, uh, even someone like a moderator of a collaborator of uh, with Poker Strategy, and talk about the the personal stuff, like the the anecdotes, the stories, the the behind the scenes that no one really knows. Uh, and uh, not focus too much on 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 strategies, but just on on the, the personal view. Like for me, um, it's interesting. I, I I worked with a lot of people back then. Uh, what are they doing now? Um, I'm I'm still in contact with them, with a bunch of guys, but with many I I'm not in contact anymore, and I do not follow or stalk them actively on on, on social media. So for me, it would be really interesting to to hear from them how they remember their time there when when we were together or they were playing poker and what are they doing now and where did life bring them after after and there are still many that left in Gibraltar and, and still live there uh, yeah that sounds great i think it's uh, really interesting to talk with people who were part of the poker uh, century i would say and are maybe still playing or moved on and if they moved on what are they doing nowadays and um where did they move on um so yeah it sounds great um um maybe we all yeah yeah go ahead yeah we also want to our listeners to um post questions or email us or share or comment um, in the sections, if you guys have uh, questions or recommendations or uh, even your own stories, perhaps, because what I figured out um, after poker uh, in, in a, I would say, real business world, I guess, that everybody... Uh, like not everybody knows what poker is, but everybody heard of poker and everybody finds it interesting. And ev everybody played at least once the game and is really, actually so many have to say, to tell the story. So if you have one, uh, share it with us. That's a great idea. Uh, that's a great idea. I believe we, we already chatted quite some time. We had far bigger plans for today than we actually achieved. We want to talk uh, about why why we know each other so well. 
uh, because we wrote a book together, uh, and uh, maybe that's the, uh, then the story uh, for the next or one of the coming podcasts. And, and and I agree. Like if you have a story you want to cover or know someone who wants to participate, just uh, contact us, and uh, we make something out of it. As this project, it, it's not like we don't want to do the super high-profile professional podcast. It's more that like oh, uh, two friends chatting with with each other. So and uh, we we invite everyone to come along and discuss with us. Right, everybody is invited um, to join us, and um, we hope you guys enjoyed it. And we are looking forward for the next episode, I would say, of our podcast. And we will um, we will have very very interesting guests. I can say people who like not just one big, but also are really interesting as human beings especially um and uh i i, I mean i have so many stories r right now in my head when i think about uh what the people did yeah i mean <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be so fun okay then uh Let's record the next one right after this one, no? Yeah, let's do it. Le let's do that. For for the moment, uh, let's sign off and uh, yeah. have a great week. Yeah, you guys. See you soon. Bye.